Hello. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another wonderful session of the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have, this is a double whammy. We have a big, big, um, we have big hitters in the house and they've gone, they've done the work and now they want to like share how, how they managed to like scale through for that, um, for the pursuit of, you know, most of us who want to like go back home and they've been there, they've done that so and they're successful. Now they want to share the journey with us. So today I'm having Osarity Oswald Gobadia in the house, who is um, the founder of DBA Solutions in Lagos, and um, it's a building infrastructure pro, um, provider in Lagos, West Africa. Anyways, so and then we have Mr. Shukuka as well. Shukuka Shukuma in the house, who is an investment banker, an entrepreneur, and the founder of Riscos um, Capital. So they live in the U.S., Delaware, and um, Dallas, and with Lagos as well. So we have um, a worldwide, let me say, a worldwide conversation today. So welcome, to this today. Society. welcome, Shibuka, to this house. Thank, thank you, thank, thank you. you very much. Yeah. So, um, Mr. Oswald, let me start with you. All right. Oh, let's tell, let's hear a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a, I'm a Bendel boy, uh, as you know, from Benin. Um, I left for Nigeria, what is now 15, 16 years ago. Uh, started a company back then called uh, DBA Solutions, which I run. Um, and we build out infrastructure in Lagos and all over West Africa. Um, so, as you know, we've written this book, which is really to talk about our experiences so far over the last 15 years. Uh, it's a, it's raw. I mean, it gives the real, the real journey so that nothing is missed. Nothing is, uh, nothing is missing. <laughs> great, great. We'll come back, we'll come back to the book. Mr. Chukuma, come, uh, okay, Chukuma, come into the, come into the gist. So how are you? Just tell a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm awesome, uh, Victor. Really nice to meet you and be on the show. Um, my name is Chibuka, as you said, and, you know, I'm a Bendel boy as well. Uh, I come from Delta State. Um, been doing investment banking now for a little over 20 years. So I've always done investment banking, but um, in the last uh, few years, I decided to try out my uh, creative uh, side. And so, you know, I'm sort of, you know, spending time uh, you know, with Oswald on the book, but also in film production now. So my core is investment banking. Um, did that both on Wall Street as well as in Nigeria um, in so many different capacities. Um, but for now, uh, I still do that, uh, but I'm still, uh, you know, uh, dabbling with the, with the creative side. Yeah. So, um, yeah, once again, welcome. See, we... There are so many of us who wants to like, who've been burnt going to, or who have these stories of being burnt going to do business in, in Nigeria or in Africa. And you hear so many phantom stories and you don't know, but um, you guys have um, come out to share. What inspired this book? So, um, I think basically what happens, uh, in Nigeria, well, I wouldn't say in Nigeria, I would say entrepreneurship, you go through a lot of experiences, right? So as you experience these things, you're like, wow, you know, that would, that story, nobody would believe it, right? If I tell somebody that story, they won't believe that happened. But anyway, that story will make a good book one day. You laugh about it. And, um, you also find that when you give people advice, right? People who are either working or, work for themselves, you give them advice about certain situations, using your stories, they're left going, ah, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's really good advice. You should write a book, oh, you know, and that's kind of their compliment. So you, you start piling this thing up and then, you know, wait a minute. So you start taking notes of your experience, your stories and um, things that get cooked up. So what happens is that, you know, you go through a situation and you find yourself distilling wisdom with um, with little phrases, you know, like, that catches on, it hooks onto your brain, you write it somewhere. So that's what inspired, ultimately inspired the idea of writing a book. But what's interesting about writing a book is that I think society tells you you should do it somewhere later down the road. So writing a book was always something I wanted to do, 
But it's something I say, ah, we'll do it 20 years now, down the road, we'll do it, you know, birthday number 70 or something of the sort. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was where it was pegged. And I was just keeping notes, keeping notes. You write a book when we're 70. Then the, the Nigerian election came up, right? Chuka and I are sitting in our office in Lagos. We share office in Lagos in Victoria Island. And, uh, after decking some better food, I don't know what we ate that day, Chuka. Was it, uh, Pandinyam mm-hmm. or? Pandinyam and some good egusi. Aha, Pandinyam and egusi. So after putting that aside to better use, mmm, delicious. Um, you know, Chuka said, oh, you know that we're about to go on a, on a, on a, on a holiday for six months. I'm like, what do you mean holiday for six months? He says, you know, after this election again, as usual, we're going to be on, they, they won't pick ministers. So we'll be sitting around for six months. I say, hi. Because it seems like in Nigeria, we're so resilient that we forget. I think one of our greatest tools is forgetting the last pain. And that's what keeps us going. You know, it's like childbirth. We forget it. So when he reminded me about that, I said, yes, what are we going to do with this our time? We must make it uh, account for something. So I said to him, I said, Chuka, let's just do this book. Joke, Joko. That's how pen to paper. And now we are 10 chapters in and well, not only 10 chapters in. We have a book that's about to come out in a week or so. Absolutely. That's great. Okay, let me just bring you guys back. So how did you guys actually meet? Because I need to know some of your, some of the journeys that you took. Um, How did you guys meet? You want to say this one, I was talking to you. I can tell them. So basically, (laughs) back in the consolidation era, I'm sure you you remember 2004, 2005, there were all these um, bank mergers, you know, um, thanks to Chukuma Solido. He asked that um, the banks move to 15 billion, uh, uh, well, at the time, uh, 15 billion uh, naira. And um, what was it again now? 20, the the requirement, I think it was 20 billion. I think it's yeah, right. 20, yeah. Anyway, um, you needed to show up your capital. So there were many mergers happening. UBA was now looking to um, be um, acquired by STP, which is Standard Trust Bank. You know, UBA then was... Uh, Kimbelo Sage them, and then Standard Trust Bank with Tony Alumelu. And coincidentally, I was working on the reverse acquisition, um, but on the uh, um, on the UBA side. So there I am, you know, going to uh, you know Tony's house to introduce him to someone else that uh, is also important to us, Ayo Daily Spencer. And you know, Ayo is a guy that we partnered with to do the business to do business in Nigeria. Myself as well, and Ayo partner to do business. So this was sort of like, you know, uh, 06, Sabi, 06, thereabouts. No, it was uh, early 05, if not 04. Oh, sorry, sorry, right at the beginning. Mm. Yes, yeah, so early 05, yeah. uh, right after the consolidation merger yeah. of UBA, you know, what's happening. Late 04, early 05, late 04. You don't know. that you won. Yeah, so I went to Tony Lemelu's house with Ayo to say, Tony, let me introduce you to one IT guy I know from America that can really help. And I got there and I saw one guy. I said, who is this guy that's coming from America, right? Doing IT. Turned out to be Oswald Gobadia, right? Osarati, Oswald Gobadia. I said, who is moving around, coming from America with three names? I mean, it's very odd. But I said, okay. So we met, you know, and we were, you know, gisting, you know, talking to Tony talking to him, trying to get a sense of what he was doing. That time, he, a big boy in Nigeria, he was in America. He was a goldman, you know, um, considering coming to Nigeria. Tony Illuminu was sort of, um, uh, you know, enticing him uh, uh, to come and help out with the uh, network rollout. And there I was, you know, on the other side of the deal, sort of on the financial side of the UBA transaction. So that's kind of how we met. We met at Tony Illuminu's house. Yeah, but you missed wow. that one part. So here's the funny thing. <laughs> so when I was in America, so in 2004, 2003, 2004, it was like a, every Nigerian you meet at that age, didn't matter what company they work for, VP, not VP, making 300, 200K, didn't matter. Everybody wanted to go back to Nigeria. It was a beautiful thing. Everybody, Nigeria, Nigeria. Every conversation was, okay, did you hear anything? How would you do? It was, it was, it was a conversation. So, there are several groups that, um, that, that people belonged in email groups and stuff, sort of like, like that. One email back then, before social media, one email came out like this. The email pretty much said, why are you in America? Bring yourself home today. 
after he read this email, after the email, he, and the email was like one of those abuse and then compliments and then encouraging and then abuse emails. Like it was abuse you, it will give you compliments, then he will abuse you again, then he will encourage you. Very confusing email. But by the time you finish reading the email, the team will hold you in your chest like, hi, this guy that wrote this email, in fact, he's not only a bastard, but I have to meet him. Do you understand? <laughs> so when I read the bottom of the email, it said, Chuka Chukuma, ah. I now blasted one email to the guy. I said, you, this is your email. Okay, no problem. I challenge you. I'm trying to move to Nigeria. Let's talk. So he never responded to me because, you know, he was off in Greece or something, hanging out with his wife, <laughs> touring the world or something. What big men do? You know that thing big men, they do. He was traveling. No phone. No, you know, back then, like, if you drop your phone, you don't finish. Don't finish. Man, if I give you, hold the phone. That phone not go get email instead. You don't Absolutely. leave out. <laughs> Those were the good days, right? You go leave email for half. So, Absolutely. So, I had already known the name Chuka Chukuma because I had been looking for him. That's what's interesting. So, when he now said, hi, my name is Chuka Chukuma, I, I look, I see that. I come like, I see that Michael Jackson I meet. That's <laughs> how I met Chuka Chukuma. <laughs> That's why I left it for you now because only you can tell this story well. Yeah, it's one-eyed guy, but it's okay. The Lord is, the Lord is with you. <laughs> okay. So, um, so you started your you started this business in Nigeria now, and um, you've been going for over ten years now, or more, if I'm if I'm correct. Ah, we had I started we started the business in 2007. Um, so it's 13 years. Yeah. So what, what 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 are the typical obstacles that you that you faced? Faced in starting or faced on a day to day basis? Faced faced starting off and moving forward. Well, Nigeria is an interesting place to do business. I mean, a number of things um, a number of things come into play. Um, one of them is recruitment, retaining, um, finding people who share your vision. Um, finding people who have the right educational background or the right experiences. So there's not a lot of depth. I mean, if, if you even think about it from the perspective of, we're talking about moving back to Nigeria, but you look at what happened in the, in the early, late 80s and early 90s, you know, we had a lot of people leave the country. So the number one, people say about oil, oil, our resources that go in oil. Some people are mining, matter they caught some Chinese people mining uh, gold in the north illegally. Those are not the resources that we're really losing. The resources we're really losing is people, right? Mm-hmm. The professors, the doctors, us who are leading. So what's now left is now education system that is now hobbling, right? So the product and education system is always a struggle to use for your business. So that's one. Resources is very difficult. Um, the lack of certain regulation in place, the lack of um, certain rules that apply to some and don't apply to everybody is a problem. Uh, you find, I mean, Chuka, you can tell the story. Well, maybe not tell the story. We'll save that one. You know, we had the one where somebody showed up at our office and said we have to pay TV tax, which should be funny to you because you live in London and you know the TV tax. That one is for BBC, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So what is Nigeria TV tax going to pay for? <laughs> What's that going to support? NTA. Abby? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So just imagine somebody at your door, trying to shut down your office because you haven't paid TV tax. With, with six area boys, yeah. two police, and a bunch of other tax. Yeah. So there's a there's a there's an evolving evolving landscape around regulation, around rules. There's rules that are, are announced nationally, but then an agency can say, "Oh no, we're not doing that. We're doing something else," which gets confusing. Um, clientele, dealing with customers um, can also be interesting, but, you know, these things grow you. You know, it's a very, very amazing place to do business because it's like a live MBA. Every day is a business case. Every day. I mean, you look at things like FX. Where else, you know, do you uh, have your receivables losing value while you are waiting for it? It doesn't happen too often. There are not too many countries. If there are, you count it on your hand. Nigeria is one of them. You can be waiting for a receivable. It doesn't matter if it's $1 million, $2 million, $300 million, Naira. It can be losing value as you are waiting for it. So it's, it's, it's an amazing uh, place where you constantly have to stay on your toes and it, it really trains you for, for interesting uh, abilities, we should say. Okay. So, Chukuma, uh, Chukuka, please the, the, the challenges we, we most of us, the obstacles most of us know, the underlying tunes that, that we face doing business, 
Are you talking about, um, no, let's talk about the challenges now, tech challenges that are currently happening and how you, how you guys manage to scale it because we want to go back and that's all these things that you guys have gone through that we don't need to like reinvent the wheel. So the challenge that you guys saw tech wise, maybe man made some of them man made like the TV tax thing. Now those are man made mm-hmm. regulations yeah. to like Rich remove something. But the tech, the tech, tech, tech challenges right now so that people can actually go back. How did you guys? When you say tech challenges, oh, sorry, what do you mean exactly? You said um, tech. Say, tech, yeah, tech challenges because you're more into infrastructure and those kind of stuff. So tech challenges like IT, um, IT okay. roads, we understand okay. those. Okay. Yeah. So just in general, right? Um, if you want to be successful in Nigeria, you have to be a jack of all trades. You can't be a specialist. And the reason for that is because you have things like power that itself is a living, breathing um, organism that is fighting you every day. And what do I mean by that? The, the grid cannot support the entire country, which means that your first power source is not the one you're getting from uh, uh, you know, from the grid, right? From the national grid. Your first power source is your generator. Your second power source is some kind of altern- alternative power solution within your your house. So whether it's they call it a UPS or an, an inverter or some kind of battery-based system. So those two are actually that critical infrastructure you need to build, whether you're in a house or in a business, right? And you've got to understand it in great detail because it will fail you or make you. That's the first thing. Then you have to under, you have to figure out which one of the many services in terms of telecom infrastructure will deliver, especially now, look at what we're doing. We're all, you know, doing this interview, but we're in developed countries, right? So if you're doing this in Nigeria, a couple of things can go wrong. Either light, literally the electricity goes out. Or the bandwidth isn't sufficient because you have shared, shared, you know, shared network and it just lends itself to a situation where you can run into a lot of problems because you don't have enough bandwidth, right? Um, so you're, you claim that you're working on the cloud, but if you're in Nigeria, you know better than to run only on the cloud because if power goes and or your internet goes, all of a sudden your entire office that was built on this fantastic cloud is not worth anything, right? There has to be an online, offline solution that, you know, you kind of work through. So you you still do archaic things like backup data locally because those data on a weekly basis, you may need to reach out to it to reach that receipt or that invoice for the client. But if you put everything online and the light goes out because you built it like you thought you were living in America, then you're finished. The other thing is, you know, in Lagos in particular, if uh, you were to do a movie about Lagos, traffic would be a character in the film. It's it's a it's a it's a thing we you know in London we talk about weather all the time, right? So London people always thought, oh the weather is it going to be sunny today? There was a there was a you know little bit of you know it's always a conversation stuff. In Nigeria and especially in Lagos, you will talk about traffic, and so it affects. Your planning, everybody is, you know, a lot of times people are late for meetings because, oh, can you imagine the traffic was a lot today? So some of those critical infrastructures can make or break you. And building, building a solution, leaving, you know, if you want to go for a meeting that's 15 minutes away from your office, you have to go two hours early. Otherwise, you may not get there in time, right? So it's better to be 30 minutes or 40 minutes late than to be an hour and a half late and then telling everybody that there was traffic. So some of those things are very critical. Great. Can you give us just one typical example that you actually went through just one? Just remember. There there are too many. So imagine you have a bid submission for a major transaction. And unfortunately for you, this is in the height of rainy season, April. Now, the kind of rain we have is similar to the one that happens in any uh, tropical uh, zone. It's torrential. It's literally cats and dogs falling. Mm -hmm. The traffic is, as they say, bumper to bumper. And you've got a submission for, you know, a 200, $300, 500000000 million transaction where you're raising capital for, you're, you're pitching to raise capital for a company. And they say, please submit your bid by 5 p.m. on one of these 
Fridays from hell. Like the traffic is amazing. You will, to make that pitch, you will have to get out of that car, which also I do all the time. We have tons of, you know, terrible stories about, you know, getting on an Okada, which is the bikes, or getting on the Keke, which is the three-wheeled uh, motorcycle, like they have in uh, the three-wheel uh, rickshaw that they have in India. Yeah. Um, and we get on it, and unfortunately, we get on it with a guy who has just drank something called monkey tail, which is <laughs> a locally concocted drink. And all of a sudden, right on two wheels. <laughs> no, this is a real story. I know now. Rosma and I go from, we need to submit this bit to, oh my God, Chuka, we are going to die. Send a message to your wife. I'm saying you send a message. He's like, no, you send a message because both of us are holding on. Nobody has had to even, you know, send any message. And this guy is on the sidewalk. Yeah. Trying to hit people, yeah. trying to do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So that is a typical day in Lagos. But also, he was driving on two wheels. Not <laughs> <laughs> my Chuka. Chuka was afraid. Me, I brought up my camera. Mm-hmm. I tried to tip it. Because nobody would believe this. The guy was trying to drag it. came out on two wheels. Lord help us. Okay. It's funny. So, I mean, just to add on to what Chuka said, I mean, generally, people who want to move back to Nigeria, you have to plan um, for the for the unexpected. You have you, you actually you have to take the unexpected as the potential expected, right? Where you could have three power solutions all fail and you're going, wait a minute, I had three power solutions. Um so you have to have a backup plan and it, it ultimately teaches you to look around corners. I mean you're looking around corners, five corners down the road. If this one fails and I'll do this, if this one fails, you know, for instance, a Friday, going to submit a bid on a Friday, on a raining Friday in Lagos is like you, when you're first told to submit the bid on Friday, you should, you should try to submit it on Thursday. Friday, there's a number of things that happen on Friday. Friday is multiple prayers. It's when the prayers are really serious for, for, for Muslims. So that kind of shuts things down and blocks things up. And if you not add rain to it, forget it. You know, it's just like also simple things that you, I mean, it's like you really need to do an analysis. Like, okay, tell yourself you want to submit a bid on Valentine's Day in Lagos. You will make it. There's no way. I mean, you wouldn't have known that Nigerians were lovers, but yeah. Valentine's Day in Lagos, the city shuts down. Yeah, but shuts down in traffic, as in people are stuck. So you, you do things, like I'll give you an example. One of my ways of solving traffic is my, my, my apartment is walking distance from my office. As in, forget this. Eh, okay, traffic today. I'll just start walking home, you know. So those are the kind of things you have to think about in, in a relocation to Nigeria. You have to plan, 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 and ask questions. So don't, so you don't, don't just jump the gun and say, "Poof, I'm going." Because no, huh. don't just carry your bag and just start coming. Because you know, one, one of the critical things that I realized very early on, because I mean, as Chuka was saying to you earlier, my very first gig was at um, was at UBA. So UBA actually brought me into the country. So that's one of the things you need. You definitely need soft landing, right? But if you have saved up your own, a lot of earning money and you want to, as part of your business development, you've done a lot of um, research and you want to come to Nigeria and start a business on your dime, then you better plan a little harder because you're not going to have that, as, like the phrase says, soft landing. So mm-hmm. it actually helps you to, you know, you're working with somebody, you're delivering value to them, so you can use that period to also do additional research that you couldn't do from America, right? You couldn't do from London because you're not there every day. You're not start saying, okay, you turn left, that's what happened. You turn right, that's what happened. So you get a sense of your bearings while on ground. So soft line is very critical. Um, so you, you need to, I mean, you need to understand that, be it that where you're coming from, you know, you are the number one, whatever, whatever you do. Don't forget your support structure where you're coming from, right? So if you're in London and you are the number one professor, don't forget all the assistants and associates that assist you to create your material and your research. Don't think you're just going to port yourself to Nigeria and then immediately be that person. I mean, don't get me wrong, though. The, the capacity and the ability will always follow you. But you didn't forget your, your support structure because when you get to Nigeria, you may not have that same support structure, right? So that's the critical thing that in that transition phase that, that you have, that you think about. Yeah, it's good. It's good now that you are, that you are, um, you guys are successful doing business in Nigeria now. I know that um, if we only talk about its success, it won't be like it won't be balanced. So you must have done something that you failed. So walk us through how that happened. 
So can you want to talk about things that exist to them? You said fail, and then yeah, I'm here. I'm just swapping. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Oswald. Go ahead. I'll I'll yeah. talk next. Well, there's there's several. I mean, there's several. You know, Nigeria is one of those places where you can drown in opportunities, right? You can drown in possibilities. You are a place where there's so many things to do, so many. So there are several ideas that have been considered, that have been worked on, that just didn't go anywhere. I'm over here trying to think of one because there's just too many flooding to my mind at once, right? There's too many, too many things that you think you're going to do. You're going to build this. You're going to build that. You're going to start this business. Um, there was a time we had, okay, this one just popped up higher. There was a time that Chuk and I had this, um, we had these guys who had a solution for bus ticketing, you know, and it was a really good solution. They were very young guys, very smart. And, um, and we were negotiating with them. The, the, the conversation actually failed at negotiation. And the idea never happened. They actually never executed the idea. There's a lot of that, a lot of dead ideas. But I think if we had, if we had partnered, if that conversation had worked out, they would have given the right guidance to help them deploy, you know, that idea. And that idea is like, mm-hmm. right now it would have worked perfectly because there are a lot of, there's a few banks I know that are actually looking to, um, invest that kind of idea because they see that, you know, obviously it's, it's already done other ways. So, you know, in Nigeria, sometimes you say you see things as the future, but all you have to do is just travel and see that the future is already happening. You know, so mm-hmm. when you are working from a Nigeria perspective, you make statements like, oh, I see it as a future. You know, it was like, it was like the day where, it was the day Chuka and I were, we actually were in Miami, right? And we were at a, at a cousin, a cousin of mine's apartment. And this apartment is like on the, I don't know, 90 something floor, something ridiculous. And as we stood up there, we were like, you know, you, you get a bit of a, what's the word? You know, you get, you get, you get to read the perspective. Your perspective gets reset because when you are in Lagos, you know, hustling, 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 trying to figure things out. You know, some of my projects at the time were, you know, 12 stores, 12 story building, 13 story building. And to you, they were huge, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm not speaking down on those projects. Those are huge projects. And I appreciate them and thank God for them. But here I was sitting at a balcony on the, I don't know, I think like 100th floor, 96th floor. So it gives you perspective of what is possible and how much further we have to go, right? So there are several projects that we tried to attempt to do that didn't work. And, and you know, a lot of them fail for different reasons. Either uh, rules change under you or because you don't have the right resources or financing, partnering with the wrong people, you know, ranges from a number of things. And a few of them also work. Yeah, let's stick on the partner with the wrong people because most of us who try to do business in Nigeria and fail because of that same word, partnering with the wrong people. Chukuka, <laughs> yes. can you boil down on that? Uh, so I'm smiling because uh, I've got, you know, tons of stories on that. I mean, I think that even in our book, we talk about incomplete stories, right? The problem in Nigeria uh, can be sometimes that there are people in the market that are seen as leaders. Um, or, you know, they are captains of industry in a particular area. But because nobody actually knows their complete story, they don't know how they got to where they are. They may have some sketchy behaviors and characters, you know, and characteristics that you may not be able to Google. And so you go in seeing this guy or woman who is, in this powerful position, you are just coming from abroad, you're clueless, and you're new in the market, and you don't have the relationships that you need because your networks are your oxygen. And you show up with this fantastic idea to revolutionize, um, you know, healthcare uh, records. Because right now, you ain't go to a hospital, they will go and bring the file, you know, from the back room. But you have this solution to put it on, and you go and pitch it to some investors. and the end of the story is that they basically took your idea and ran with it. And part of the reason for that problem is because you, there's not enough data in the market. There are not enough books of, of complete stories. There are not enough you know, resources to really do the analytical research that's required to identify who and who, you know, who is who, right? Who's the right investor? Who won't steal your idea? So when you're thinking about partnerships, you have to, as a matter of fact, doing business in Africa and certainly in Nigeria, know who, I mean, uh, banks talk about know your customer. As a, a, a you know, um, a young entrepreneur looking for investors, 
it can't be that you found this guy by Googling him or met him at a conference and that's the end. And you're happy to, you know, you have to align things like your values, align things like your principles, you know, figure out um, um, what they're really about. And those things will help you determine the right type of investors to approach. So that, that's basically KYP, right? Absolutely. Know your partners. So you have to share values, virtues. Okay, great. So um, speaking about that, the KYP, does your book, because this book now that you guys have written is from your experience, hands-on experience. Yeah. So does this book actually walk us through the step-by-step that covers this KYP and other parts? What does your book cover? So let me say this. When some people read this book, Chukuka has to move to uh, which island? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot mention the island because they'll be able to find me. Yeah, that's, that's, the that, point. that's why I stopped. I, I was going to see if you fail and say the island. <laughs> right? so, Chukuka will have to relocate to another place. You cannot do it again. So um, to describe the book as per your question, I will say it this way. Somebody said this to me the other day. They said the book tricks you into learning something, right? So the book is basically what you're experiencing right now. It's me and Chuka discussing, uh, telling our story and having a conversation about it in real time. And then the lessons about our steps. We moved from America. We both had great jobs, right? We came to Nigeria because we were passionate about Nigeria. I was starting business in Nigeria and why we started a business in Nigeria and, and some of the experiences we had along the way. And that's why it's called, you know, a journey, right? Um, a journey in African entrepreneurship, right? Because it's actually, actually it's journeys because it's two journeys, you know? Um, and that's one of the things that is quite interesting about Chuk and I both writing the book together um, is that we are actually telling two different stories. Our experiences are quite different, right? He came in, became a big time investment banker. I mean, people go look at the man's LinkedIn. He acts so humble, but the, the guy was a super oga, right? Um, you know, investment banking. Maya came in and do IT, transmission work. Um, interesting enough, both in the banking sector, but very separate worlds. Very um, and then how he both transitioned, you know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of growth. The book talks about a lot of growth. You see how, uh, how the friendship evolves, how there's change in, you know, in, 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 in position of, of who does what and who does what in, in the friendship. Um, and then how all that interacts with Nigeria. So the idea of um, how do you pick a partner or understanding who are the type of people you should um, uh, partner with is very evident in the book, but you have to absorb it. It's not going to be there in like, one, make sure the person, they brush teeth. No, you're not going to get that, right? But you'll get a sense of what um, a true virtuous person is, right? And understanding that, look, people, people, people generally show themselves, it's just that we, we don't pick up on it. You, know, you come in Nigeria, you see the guy has a fancy car. He lives in the best part of the neighborhood. All of a sudden, wait, that must be a partner. The other thing is, does he go to church? You don't know. You know, does he, does he love his wife? You don't know. I mean, not to say, go get personal, but I'm just throwing things out, right? So what do you know about the person, right? What do you know about their story? So Chuka kind of um, hinted at it just now. is an incomplete stories, right? If the story is not complete, where somebody tells you their story, ah, you know, I woke up on Wednesday, and then on Friday, I'm a millionaire. Like, wait, 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 say the story again. You know, I woke up on Wednesday, and on Friday, I'm a millionaire. Sunday, I'm going to do Thanksgiving. Wait, wait, slow down, bros. What about, what happened on Thursday, right? <laughs> so if they can't tell you what happened on Thursday, that should be a hint as to go and find out what happened on Thursday. Because you know what? You can be the Thursday, the next Thursday, not you. You are the next Thursday. So that it, it's all there, right? In a sense that you have to really embrace it and understand the, the things to look out for. And that's, and that's on the front end. On the back end, you've got things like that we haven't even gotten to. So we, we've just started the journey of legacy, right? Where you're thinking about how you mentor others, how you um, need to, you know, um, um, find mentors yourself. We talk about you know, what projects are you going to do that people, re, re, you know, um, remember you for? Um, you know, we're, we're trying to make heaven. So that, that's important to us. But at the same time, you know, when you look at the way in which um, the, the challenge with drawing an entrepreneur graph in Nigeria, especially, 
but other parts of Africa as well, is that you don't have anyone that you can say on day one, as Oswald was just saying, you know, he started this, he did this, did this, therefore I will do myself. So what our kids do is they say, okay, I want to start a business. I want to be, I don't know, I want to do something in the tech land. So let me go to the bookstore. So they get to the bookstore, but our tech heroes today are yet to write stories because the concept of writing a story in Nigeria is still 80 years old, 70 years old, or I've made billions at 45 or 50. Then I write a book. But the truth is you can write a book, as you eloquently said, about failure. You can write a book. Our book is called In Pursuit, Journeys in African Entrepreneurship. Why In Pursuit? Because we are still on the road. We are not anywhere near where we want to go. But we do we are journeymen, we did go, right? The story is still ongoing, but there literally is so much left. And then the other part that we thought was very interesting was uh, and important was, you know, who should you be looking at as your role model? Who should you be trying to be like? And, and, and reframing that within the context of values, success, you know, because you can, you know how before they used to say, the only thing that mattered about a company was profit. Then the whole ethical investment came to the world and environmental issues and stuff. And then they now started saying, no, no, no. If you're just making money, but you're selling drugs to children or you're doing tobacco, that's not good enough. We want you to be, you know, socially conscious, you know, so a Tesla, for instance, is doing better and has better growth prospects today than maybe an Exxon, right? because nobody wants to be destroying the environment. So likewise, we're saying, as you look for entrepreneurs that you want to model yourself after, don't just Google richest people in Nigeria, because I don't know who they are, but I'm saying it may not, they may not fit all the value systems uh, that are, you know, that are yours, right? So you sort of have to maybe lower the scale to the next level of rich and still meet the criteria of, you know, following God and doing things properly and not, I mean, right now COVID is on, right? So a couple of millionaires are going to, and billionaires are going to come out of this COVID crisis. But did the person do it as a result of selling, you know, worn masks that they bought in Wuhan and shipped to Lagos? And then they were able to sell, they bought it for nothing or they even dashed them in, in they, they got given those uh, uh, goods that were supposed to be destroyed in Wuhan but they brought it to Lagos and they resold it and made a lot of money. Or are you the one that owns a pharmacy in Lekki in, in Nigeria and you are, you know, selling uh, vitamin C. Like last week you were selling for 500 Naira sachet. This week you're selling for 5,000. I mean, I guess you've hammered, I guess you've done well, but within the context of what we're discussing, Oswald and I would not think that you rank very highly because as a result of your gain, many people have suffered, right? So that's not necessarily the type of entrepreneur that we're promoting. Wow. That is, that is because there's so many, like as Raghi said, there's so many incorrect stories, inc no, incomplete stories. Incomplete. Yeah. yeah, where you just hear to, today, tomorrow, this guy is like a millionaire, multi-millionaire, mm -hmm. and the next week he's broke again. So on that contest, eh? How would you how would you um, look at the entrepreneurial landscape in Nigeria right now in Africa? Would you encourage Would you encourage someone in the diaspora to like dip in? Oh yes, yes, please, all are welcome. There are so many problems. I mean, entrepreneurs are, are problem solvers, right? So entrepreneurs are people who take calculated risks, right? So you take a risk and you measure it out. And then you come and solve a problem. So there's so many problems. Healthcare, um, distribution, manufacturing, um, technology. I mean, every sector in Africa needs people who are coming to find solutions to and deploy them. Um, we can't depend on the public sector. So the private sector has to take a lot of the load um, of de developing the continent. And we also shouldn't depend on multinationals coming to do it because that's what's happening, right? Um, we should we should take the risk ourselves and, and, and invest our, our our resources in um, in solving this problem. So I, I definitely we definitely think that you know people who have great ideas and the capacity to deliver on those ideas should they should be rushing back, right? I mean it's it's, it's a difficult thing to do. 
and it's not for everybody as well. Um, it can give you PTSD if you don't have a balance and you don't, you don't know how to find your roots, your square roots, as they used to say. Uh, if you can't find your square root, that thing will turn you around, you know, it will turn you around and useless you, as, as, as some will say. But outside of that, it is an amazing feeling to create value on the African content, continent. Amazing feeling. It's not, I mean, I don't think there's anything more fulfilling than that. So I actually create value on the African company because it's, there's so many opportunities, so many. I mean, it gets to a point sometimes you can sit in a room with people and by the time you leave, you have a suitcase of, I don't know, mm-hmm. dozens of real executable uh, possibilities of things that you can do, right? I mean, you want to tow road, tow road. You want to do farm, do farm. You want, I mean, most entrepreneurs in Nigeria, mm-hmm. once you get... Film. Look at what's happening yeah. in film. Look at what's happening in, uh, you in across all the creative industries. Look at so many things are happening. Netflix, I hear, where I've been in Lagos like seven times in the last, uh, if not for COVID, they'll be there. But they've greenlit, you know, a couple of movies. That means what in English? That means there's an opportunity for one, equipment rental, two, studios, three, uh, technical skills. I don't mean uh, just a grip guy or lighting or whatever but the sound guy the you know and you need dozens of them not one person right you need uh, writers like never before and they better know how to spell and you know do all the crazy things you need to do uh you know use pawn and use uh similes and and really get some interesting tips so there's a, there's, a, there's a whole landscape but it is as also says not for everybody you you, you go you know unprepared and you know the, the biggest problem you can have is Go to Christmas, go to Lagos or Accra. Maybe this last Christmas, you know, people went to Ghana for the return. Oh my gosh, I got there. So many beautiful people. It was so fantastic. And then you go back to, I don't know, Switzerland or, you know, Germany or, or London or New York or wherever you came from. And you tell the people that you're not, you don't like it here anymore. You want to move to Africa. I'm not doing it again. You're not doing it again. <laughs> and then by February. February, you have reached uh, Ghana, you go to Accra, and then return is over. Everybody's hustling. All the people that you were partying with in, in December, you're like, ah, where, where are all these people? The guy who gave me his car to use for three months, you know what I mean? For the three weeks I was around, the free Airbnb I got. Everybody's back on the grind now. Who has time for you? And besides, they were only interested in you because you were visiting for two weeks, you know? So now that you're here, you will spend those, your, you know, your, your own dollars. They won't pay for you. So there's so many factors to consider. It's funny you mentioned this question about, you know, going home because I literally spent, I mean, was it an hour and a half? Literally just yesterday, some random person, I haven't spoken to her. And uh, oof, we were colleagues. We, we worked together up until 2007. She left Nigeria. She's been in America now, you know, for a long time, 13 years. But she's getting that itch, you know, because there's an itch you get. They will be scratch you, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to start going home. I, I don't know why I'm in this country. I can't even get plantain, yeah. you know, when I like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or I'm Exactly. Let me be going home. You know, I'm tired of racism. It's dangerous no, to no drive food, one black. No food, goes, no food goes sweet again. No matter exactly. what happens, home is sweet. Exactly. You, so when that happens, you know, after, especially after I come back for Christmas, you'll be, you'll go to eat eggs. You'll be like, oh, these eggs are not nice. In Nigeria, in Ghana, in South Africa, our eggs are fresh. My mother has a hen behind, you know, all this rubbish. Meanwhile, it's not the reality. <laughs> you have to plan. You have to prepare. And that's what our book does. Our book. We didn't call it this, okay? Uh, we gave it to a number of very influential people to read. Uh, you know, different people, Asian, African, different people in diaspora, local. Everybody came back and, you know, one person said, it's a Bible. Another one, this is a guide. Another one, I can't believe this. If you want to invest in this thing called Africa, if you have not read this book, it's like, how are you going to really make this investment? So we're overwhelmed with some of the responses. But the truth is, a lot of software telling you many more pieces of advice, nuggets, you know. And the thing is, they are wrapped in, it's like, you know, the cookie, what do they call that in Chinese we give you? Fortune cookie. 
You know, a lot of times, watching Boogie, you know, some are not so great, but some other ones, when you open it, ah, oh, wow, I'll keep this, you know? So there's a lot of nuggets that we put, just one line here, one other sentence here, because we didn't write it from the standpoint, as Oswald said earlier, as a guy, do this, do that. We didn't do that. We just said, we'll keep it free. You know, we'll talk. We'll tell you our story. I will give you advice. And that's the, the format on the Yeah, because funny you mentioned that 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 ish. When you when you get someone that has that ish, you can talk from now to next week mm-hmm. and the conversation, man. And if you then if you have that itch as well and somebody is talking about that itch, oh. mm-hmm. see, see that kingdom come. I told you, I said in 2003, 2004, it was a a boiling pot of itching people. And everybody in that pot, they're all in Nigeria right now. Every single one of them. All in Nigeria. Only one guy is in Nairobi. All in Nigeria. (laughs) Are you leaving? Did you go? (laughs) Ah, today went, Kay, he didn't tell me. Or they would say, we're doing a party. When you get there, they will not say, it's farewell party for this person. You say, ah, you're too betrayed. Like, yeah, and, and these were all people who, I mean, like, for instance, I was on Wall, I was most great jobs, though, fantastic jobs, Wall Street, mm-hmm. Goldman, all the top firms. In fact, that's how we met, right? Senior positions, proper positions, but they were all itching. It was, it was amazing, you know. That, that I mean, that would have made a good movie, too, Kat. Too bad you didn't know. It, it, it still will, it still will, because that's yeah, the moment then. That story has been told. And we also chronicle, we don't just cover the sort of 2000s, right? Because, you know, a lot of times when you're in a generation, you assume that not only you are Kakon, it's only your generation that has moved back or migrated or immigrated. It's not true. You know, um, my mom also went in her own time to go to school in, you know, Europe somewhere and came back, wanted to rush to come back to Nigeria before, um, uh, um, what did I say? Um, October 1st, 1960, before our independence. So her own age mates, you know, seven, 80 years old, you know, they were trying to rush home so that they could, you know, become one of the first, you know, people running things, right? First teacher, first this, first that from Europe and everywhere. So the, we cover, the point is we cover the migration trends from, you know, back in the day, 60s, 80s, you know, what yeah. caused it in the 90s with all the wicked rulers that were, you know, lording yeah. over some of you are still around now. Can you imagine? Mm. Will be, I think you will have to move somewhere very different. <laughs> <laughs> when he's talking like that with his eye open on a recorded TV show, I'm pointing finger. You move to that special, special island. You know, so uh, and I had lunch with a professor in D.C. a couple of months ago. And the guy told us a story. But I mean, very decent guy, very, very decent guy. You know, one of those professors that a lot of Nigerians know because they all, a lot of Nigerians pass through that school. You know, why we, Chuk and I posted pictures with him. Come and see, come and see action. He, 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 ah, he met the professor. Like we, we met, we didn't know we met Michael Jackson, you know. So the guy told us about when he finished his thesis paper for his master's. He said, when you finish the paper, eh, what they used to do back then, you would just pack all your bags. Leave the, the stack on the table with a note telling your best friend who has not finished his own. I don't go. Please help me submit it. That was the rush and the fever people had for Nigeria back then to get home very quickly. You know. And this was 70s, Abby? Yeah. Or 60s? No, 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 60s. 70s. 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 Yeah. yeah. No. So that means that means this that means this thing is a very is a natural natural instinct in all of oh, us yeah. that came from that that in the diaspora to just yeah. like one day we need to like go back and if you, you find the, yeah. yeah if you have that itch you need to like let it go you need to scratch it properly yeah. if not absolutely might, yeah. That's why, I mean, people find different ways to do it. They find projects, they do, you know, there, there's some doctors that have clinics in, in Bini or Lagos or, and they just kind of run it remotely. You know, people find different ways to, 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 um, feed that or scratch that itch, you know. So that's how it goes. Yeah. So, um, one more, one, one more thing. Why did you, because, uh, um, the last time we chatted was, I asked this question. 
why did you guys decide to like share this story? Because not everyone would. <laughs> they could just chill out. But not everyone would. But why did you decide to like share this? Just just to just to say, I mean, you know, um we we are givers, right? Um we are givers. We you know, we mentor, we help people, we um have different um, foundations that we're part of that we help to support people with and we honestly come from very humble backgrounds in terms of our parents and our training so with that kind of demeanor i we honestly feel like the only difference between you know somebody today that's nigerian that's successful and somebody today that's nigerian that's not successful is really opportunity right because our people are smart, our people are hardworking. Yeah. Africans want to do well. Nobody wants to be begging and looking for aid and all these, you know, they want, but the opportunity is not there. And so to whom much is given, much is expected. So, you know, when you, when you have been fortunate and it's just fortunate because if I had a twin brother, and I was, you know, I didn't leave Nigeria. Maybe the person left. Maybe they too would have also had the opportunity to work at, in Wall Street and do this and do that, right? So we just felt that, okay, we've gotten all these fantastic accolades and, you know, CV builders. In the early days, you're building CV. Once you come out of that racket and you're now looking at what you want to do, yes, to feed your family, but also you're thinking of impact, you're thinking of legacy. You're thinking of other people's children, right? You know, somebody that is, you know, 20 years old, 18 years old, 21 years old. What can we do now to help them not make mistakes we had and give them rare opportunities that will propel them to the next level? For all of those reasons, we said, you know what? We have to tell our story because if we, if we take the typical narrative, the typical narrative is, one, you have blown. You've made a lot of money and you want to tell everybody about it. No problem. Two, you have, um, you are 80 or you are 75 and you don't know how many more years the Lord will give you. But this 80th or 75th birthday, people must know the, the thousand friend circle you have, your children's friends, your, they must know what you did so that at least for, you know, when you go to the afterlife, they will be using it right. to remember dexterity. But for us, um, even before that, while we are alive and we still plan on, you know, doing another one when we are 80, because that's a different story. But for now, while we are in the trenches, while we are still crying, while we're still on the journey, while we are still battling, you know, invoices coming out, people that are owing, trying to, you know, morph the business post COVID. Even while we are thinking about ourselves, we're thinking about others and we're trying to invest in their lives in a way that will enrich them, not just now, but for generations to come. Yeah, oh, great. So, Oswald, uh, um, what, what, what's your hope for this book? What's your hope? So, I'm not one of those entrepreneurs who say, come on stage and go, you know, <laughs> money doesn't matter, right? Money is not important. important is the feeling you know. No, no. Money is a tool. So um, the hope for the book, really, to be honest with you, is that it gains critical, critical acclaim, right? Um, because Chukka and I believe that it's really good work. And we, we believe we stumbled onto it. That's what's interesting. We, we, we look at it and go, you know, we, we're actually surprised by the product. Um, to tie back to what Chuka was saying just now, one of the key things we understand from our environment is that a lot of people who have a good process to trying to get successful, they don't tell their story, right? So there's a big gap that you, you, can't, you, can't really, you can't really say how to. You can't, it's a gap in the market. A lot of people just see that immediacy of success. They don't see the process. So this book actually says, look, we have no hamado, we have no blono. We are defining our own success. We are telling you what success means to me. Like I told you the other day, I can just pay school fees. I'm very happy. Right? That's, that's the most. So everybody defines their own success. And this book tells And make my dad happy. Ah, yes. But paying school fees makes my dad happy. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, 
So uh, ultimately, you know, um, defining your own success um, is, 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 is critical. So I've kind of lost my thought there with this, your madam happy uh, uncle, small uncle Chukuka. So let me go back to your, to the question. Um, yesterday, Chuka made me do something on my Instagram, which is weird because I'm the one that usually makes him do things. And then when I was retyping my profile, I said, you know, a prior before I said, I'm an aspiring farmer, which is something I want to do. I want to move my life to farming. I've started already a bit small, small. Um, and then I said, before I used to say, I was daydreaming of being an author, which I can no longer do because I'm not told that I'm an author. So I've added a new description there best-selling author, right? Because right. we believe this is content, right? Behind the fact that there's a commercial side to this book, we believe this is content that will actually help a lot of people. And it's almost at almost every level, right? Because we've tested it. If it's the young person who's sitting in an office right now thinking about how to be an entrepreneur, it will help them. If it's somebody sitting in London thinking about how to be an entrepreneur in London or in Nigeria, it will help them. If it's somebody who wants to invest in Nigeria, it, it basically has something for everybody. So... One of Chuka's night best concerns right now is how do we get this book to as many people as possible? How do we push it out? Because we feel there's something in it for everybody that will help them in one way or another. Either you are 25 or you are 75, there's something for everybody. So our, our dreams and hope is that a lot of people get this book um, and they read it and they enjoy it. Well, great. The best way is the word of mouth. But... No, absolutely. There's one thing I want to mention, um, you know, because I, in case there's a 65 to 75 year old listening, and you'll be like, yes, right. What are 40 something year olds going to tell me? Well, here's one thing that I should mention. We, you know, in Nigeria, when, um, fathers, especially fathers, but mothers sometimes, but especially fathers across Africa, I don't know whether it's it, you know, but when they die, they always leave Usually, they don't do a will. They don't put their financial house in order. My wife and children are running helter-skelter. The other children outside the house. You know, the whole thing is just a mess. So we actually took time. Even though we are younger, we are not there yet. We we did our research. We used editors. We figured out a way to really understand that world. And and some of us have had experience with that world, either helping siblings or something. So we talk a bit about, you know, wills, putting your financial house in order, figuring out how to, you know, ensure that you will not leave anybody lacking. You understand? So imagine if you are 65 listening to this or 75 because you are a cool, correct, current person that knows that podcasts like this are very important. And that Victor's show is one of the you know, highly regarded shows to, to listen to. Then you obviously will need to get this book because it will allow you, right, to get a better sense of um, of that world and what to do to ensure that you do not leave people hanging. Great. And um, also, I like the word you use that you started farming small, 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 small. Because I knew of some guys, anyways, some of my circle where we just like, oh, this cash is available. The loan came through, or the um, equity in the house came through, and boom, mm. went back, plow, boom, big, mm. and jump out big, mm. back to back to London, big. So <laughs> you understand what I mean by big? Jumping, boom, everything last. Yeah, uh, run into so many obstacles you can't face them. And you're Partnership, wrong. you didn't, you don't know your partner. You just the way yeah. you jumped in, that's how you came back. Yeah, you left all the value on the table back there, and it value. Yeah. Let me give you last earlier about feelings. So here's one. I said I had this land. I said I'm going to grow cocoa. Cocoa is an amazing cash crop. I mean, the thing just is a school fees pair every year. I keep talking about school fees because I have four children. <laughs> I I'm a father of four, so oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, maybe so, three. So we are coming behind. Yeah, see, we're all in the same range now. Yeah, we're all in the Hang same range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One has already finished university, so the other three. Mm-hmm. So I planted cocoa on three hectares of land. Not a lot, but that was like over four thousand trees. The, the math is a bit off because it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that much on th- on three hectares of land. 
So the trees, they're about waist high growing, you know, they are the best seed. So they grow a year and a half. So a year down the road, I would have had my first harvest, which I, I was told you're supposed to waste. And then the next harvest, but we're still researching because we still have waste high trees. And that's why I got called one morning with that fire. That, uh, so I'm like thinking, did somebody come and burn my farm? But it turns out that that area was urbanizing. So I didn't do my research with all the talk I'm talking. I also didn't do my research. That area was a bit becoming a bit too urban. So something like fire would happen because somebody's cooking, everybody's going in the air. And so the entire farm burnt down. Right. And. Because to me, the way I started it wasn't, I didn't start it with the idea I'm going to do this big, because 4,000 trees is now big now. 4,000 trees will give you a, a few thousand dollars every time you harvest. Mm-hmm. You know, something that range over like $10,000 or something like that at the rate of cocoa was going back then. So, and, co- and this is multiple times a year it happens. You know, mm, you come, you know, it's, it's, it's a fantastic crop. So, I, I didn't get insurance or anything like that because it was something that was supposed to be experiment. Because I had I had another another couple of lots, another three hectares, another three hectares. So this was just a start. Let's just see how it go. Play, 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 play. We have four thousand trees. It wasn't supposed to be. If I was supposed to be three, you know, ten trees or something. But when you are not doing this thing, you are in the mix. So things that you normally do, like get insurance, get none of that happened. So four thousand trees all burnt down, and that's the end. So there's several stories of will I ever make that. Situation of village people. <laughs> it can be. Like I said, I'm from the dead. No comment. <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> yeah. So it's been it's been a wonderful time. So if we, if they want to get this book, um, the in pursuit book now, where how can they do we need to pre-order or yeah, so pre-order is gonna happen on every channel that you're used to. You're gonna get Amazon, you're gonna get Nook, you're gonna get Kobo, you're gonna get Apple. Um, there's a, a, a thing called bookshop, which is based in the States. They actually will send you the pre, uh, the, um, the, uh, paperback book. Um, because of, uh, C19 issues, Amazon, uh, Nook and all these guys, Barnes and Nobles, they're not, they're not listing, they're not listing books. So you won't get paperback from them. You may be able to pre-order from them, but you won't get the paperback for, for a while. But, uh, bookshop, we'll have all this on our website, which is inpursuitafrica.com. We should have that by the end of this week all the details for ordering and within the week or so um, it will go live and, and we welcome the world to buy this book. So you can get, you can order straight from the website. That's correct. Well, yes, the website will take you to all the, all the okay. Um, okay. platform, so every platform you're used to. If you have an iPhone then you go to books, if you do Kindle, go to Amazon, you know, and so forth. Yeah. And we'll have a, Solution uh, very shortly, um, also available for, uh, f- folks in, 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 in country, in Nigeria and, and, you know, so we're, we're up, we're, up, we're constantly expanding on, um, the distribution, uh, chain, uh, that is available in Africa, uh, because we know everybody else is fine, but obviously in Africa, there's some issues sometimes, you know, sometimes there's issues with cards. Uh, local currency payments don't work. Sometimes issues. So we're working through all of those. Um, but as also said, everything will be on the website. So if they go there, it's available to be bought, pre-order, you, know, you get it. Getting it, getting, making it available in Africa will be, will be great because I know some people in, in, um, a friend of mine just, um, relocated to Ghana like three beginning of this year. Hmm. Okay. So, and, okay. and a book like this would be a great, a great companion. Like, Oh yeah, so they went through this. I'm going through this right now. To be a great companion to them, yeah. and going to do business in Nigeria, sometimes you feel like you are you are the only one who is the whole world is coming against you. It's, it's called it's when they see you. It's called you are not alone. Yeah, there's no experience. Yeah, there's no experience on the sun. That's what is experiencing it or experiencing it, you know, at the same time. But you don't know, so you have to talk to other people, and that's that's actually one of the reasons. I mean, when you read the introduction to this book, one of the key reasons why, and we've not said it yet, one of the key reasons why we wrote this book is we want entrepreneurs and people to know that the experiences they're having, they're not alone. That is, I wouldn't call it normal, but it has been experienced by other people and surmounted by other people. Um, and so, therefore, you can do the same. You're, you're not alone. Okay, great, great, great. So, if they want to connect with you guys, where, 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 where can they get in touch? They want to continue this conversation. 
Well, we're on, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. I think you're going to have it in the, in the, in the notes. We're on yep. Twitter, we're on Instagram. Web is uh, the uh, inpursuitafrica.com, uh, the inpursuitbook.com. Um, Instagram is the inpursuitbook, um, at the inpursuitbook. Uh, Twitter is inpursuita. So you'll get these on the notes of the podcast. Um, but we're here on, on my, my, my Instagram is Osiretin. Um, so you can find me on Instagram as Osiretin. Um, no, mine is uh, C Chukuma for both Instagram and um, Twitter. Yeah. So C Chukuma. And then, of Great. course, we're reaching on LinkedIn as well. Our full names for Oswald is Osiretin, Oswald Bobadia. And for me, it's Chukuka Chukuma. And by the way, very, very important. No my Chukuka and my Chukuma do not have any W. So if you put W, you're on your own. You won't find <laughs> The result is that you won't find him. <laughs> you, you'll find a fake one with incomplete stories, not the real one. <laughs> no, we don't want incomplete stories. You already said the complete story in your book, The yes. In Pursuit, yes. The African Entrepreneur's Journey. See, listen, guys, you've been, we've been talking to two heavy hitters who are currently on the trenches right now and they've been doing great in their respective businesses in Africa. They've managed to like come together and give us this clear picture of their journeys that they've been through, their trials, their failures, their the obstacles, the challenges that they've gone through and the success they've seen so far. And in their book, they've gladly wrote down so many steps that we can't even cover right now. So, but if you want to take this conversation further, you can reach out to you can reach out to them on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. They've given you the IDs, the um, their their names, handle. their the handles that you can connect with them. So if you go to the in pursuit the the in pursuit dot com, right? The in pursuit book dot com. Yeah, the in pursuit book dot com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, if we, if, if, if we can't say it properly right now, just check the show notes. You'll find it there. You know, you know, you know how it goes. So continue this conversation and don't let that each die. Get the proper guidance from this book. Know the step by step so that you know, like uh, Mosaiti said, you are not alone. There are people before you and there are still people coming after you, but don't forget, write your own book, write your own manuscript, uh, your own manuscript mm-hmm. write your own guide. So that people can follow you. So you know how the how we do it here. Just um pay it forward, share this um this episode with anyone that you know we that has the itch to go back to Africa and then um, create their own value there, create their own infrastructure there. If you need any guidance, reach out to any one of us, reach out to them. They are more on the forefront than I am. So thank you very much for being part of the show. We really appreciate you here. Listen, we all have ideas and visions of how we see our lives, our enterprise. But without strategic moves, it will remain a pipe dream. As an accountability coach and your success partner, I help and support my clients to build their dream business or their dream lifestyle and make it a reality. So talk to me today, no matter how crazy you your business vision is or how crazy your ideas are, we can build structure to make it a reality. So send me an email or click the link below to talk about your ideas now. It is your dream. It came to you for a reason. So be responsible because the world is waiting for you to act. Thank you. Until next time, this is Victor Osio. Be great.